0: Sam Boone, welcome to the pod.
1: Good to be on here, Noah. Good to be on here. So,
0: you're a three-year elk. You've been through the highest of highs with the elks and the lowest of lows. Let's start with the highest of highs. 2015, the West Coast League Championship. You were on the team all the way through? Yep. Including Game 3 of the Championship Series?
1: Game 2. Oh, swept we up. Didn't, we didn't have to go to Game 3. Nice. Uh, Yeah, we went... Corvallis, we beat them by like a total of like 20 to two in two games and then trip up to Kelowna and then the next day back here. Really fun bus ride.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet that was a blast. But uh, yeah, the higher the, the highest of the highs is a lot better than last year. Right, exactly. So we'll, we'll still talk about 2015 a little bit. Well, I mean, this is kind of a general question, but what's it like to
1: just tear through a summer ball league and win the whole thing? It. It was really fun what I'm about to say is a little out there though it was okay. kind of it got repetitive like okay we would show up and we were so good like it was like we like if we when we lost games no one cared right when we won games no one cared it was just like I mean most of that team's playing pro ball now yeah so it's it was just a ton of future professionals out there doing what they need to do every day to improve and we were putting up 15 runs a game right can't lose that much when you do that yeah
0: no that that team was crazy and you you beat you played corvallis nine times in the regular season won the majority i think it was eight wins
1: and one loss we lost opening night so we got shut out okay and the next day we come to the yard and with daniel bees jansen junk and a couple of other guys like billy king and it's like we're never going to score a run like we just got shoved down yesterday Uh like they just they killed us and then we won like the next 15 we played. Right. So,
0: yeah, like something like 16 losses all season long. Yeah. And the got West the league C- record. Right. West Coast League champions. Th- that's a league record by the way that uh, Corvallis is um looking to beat this year. They've only got 11, 12 losses at the moment. Um so, yeah, Corvallis is a very good team right now. Um and they've won the, le- the league the last three years. The Elks, in 2015, your, your 2015 Elks were the last team to stop Corvallis from winning <laughs> the title.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hate saying it, but the league kind of runs through Corvallis. It does. They're very good. Them, Bellingham. Yep. Those are the two. The
0: Bells are not looking as good this year. They're They're fighting for a playoff spot right now. Really? Victoria tore through the league in the first half. This year,
1: interesting, yeah. Interesting. The Harbor
0: Cats have a very good offense yeah. this year, but that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> we're here to talk about the 2015 Elks and then uh, a little bit of other stuff, 2016 and 2018 in there too. But um, still, still on that championship series, I mean, um, or that championship season, all, all year long. So it got repetitive. That that just strikes me as a very arrogant thing to say, Sam. It was
1: like not rep- like. Boring, in a way, because, like, <laughs> there wasn't variety, I guess. Yeah. It was, like, and with most guys in summer ball, it's, like, you want to go home. Right. You don't want to play summer ball. Right. But when you do, and everyone does, you show up every single day, do the same exact thing, and the whole, like, it was fun. We were winning, but I remember we were playing the at Blue Jackets, who are of now course. the Port Angeles yes. lefties. yes. And we lost two out of three, and they were... By far the worst team in the league. Really? And it was the week before playoffs, and our head coach, Trey Watt, who was a great head coach, and he made sure that we stayed on top of it because it uh-huh. was – I mean, it w- like, it would be pretty easy to lose track of what you're trying to accomplish there. Right, right, And so Trey comes in and just rips us a new one, saying next week we got Corvallis in the playoffs, and they fill up. Goss Stadium fills up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You're going to have 3,000 fans who are just crazy drunk out of their mind (laughs) wanting to see you lose like what are you gonna do and he had some choice words and so we got like two days off before the playoffs we show up and the team is just like dead like we don't have energy and we go out there and i think we scored 10 and two innings okay and it was like we knew the game the next day was going to be kind of pointless in a way yeah Showed up, beat them again. And then the bus ride to Kelowna, which, really fun backstory. So, there's a day off before the championship because there might be game three mm-hmm. in that first series. Right, right. Kelowna's going to game three, and it was, like, them versus the Bells or somebody. So, we were going to be meeting them up in Seattle. It's midnight here, and we just got done with our game and all that. Me and Derek Chapman, who was an elk. hmm we look at each other, and we're like, dude, we have a day and a half off. Let's go back to Seattle. Let's go home. That's right. how much we missed home, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's mid-August at this point. So we drive through the night. I get to my house at 7 in the morning. Wow. Like, my parents are going to work. Right. And I was just like, oh, hey, guys. Like, good to see you. <laughs> Spent the whole day sleeping. Didn't do anything fun at home. Of course. Met the team in Yakima, went up to Kelowna. And so me and Derek on the way back from Kelowna get in his car. We're driving back and we're like, "Well, like we gotta win it tomorrow because we just want to go home for good." Right. And we realized it was the most pointless trip that we ever went on to go <laughs> up to, to go Seattle home. for all of a half a day.
0: <laughs> well, so I want to go back and talk about that. Um, the rant from your head coach the the absolute berating that he that he gave yes. to you I mean it's summer ball and, and obviously it matters to for for plenty of different reasons but um, one of the things that it's really hard to get people to buy in on especially players is this championship matters yes. how did he do that I mean how does he how
1: what what kind of bigger picture does he paint? The picture with like that team, since it was so talented, and like I mean, you have Caden Grenier at shortstop. So the left side of our infield's worth two million dollars. <laughs> think about it like that. Right. The right side, both of those guys got drafted and played pro ball. Billy King, well, I think he's a free agent sign, but it's like that side's worth like a hundred thousand. Okay. The outfield's got money all over. Cooper Hummels in AAA right now. Okay. Right. So it's kind of a, guys, would you do this at your school? Mm-hmm. no you wouldn't and you guys are way too good to be messing around showing up and not caring like we need to get back on track right and the message was well received and we ended up regular season. i think we had like a non-league game going into it mm-hmm. we won all that but the championship i mean it was it was very like business as usual there wasn't no one like no one was nervous, nothing mm-hmm. like that. It was just kind of – it was relaxed. Yeah. Really loose team.
0: Well, and you'd already gotten through Corvallis.
1: Well, and yeah. I mean, you beat Corvallis because they're our rival too. Yeah. So it's kind of –
0: Red Sox-Yankees. It's like
1: there. it's like the Red Sox beat the Yankees in 04. Yep. They're not going to lose the World Series, right? Exactly. And that's kind of how it was. Like, the championship, it was like the fourth inning and Billy King hits a grand slam over the Bend baseball sign. And it was just kind of like, well, like – can we just fast forward? Can we all get our phones out? Go dogpile? Yeah. Like, I mean. Right. But it, And it's not like in an arrogant way, but it was like everyone was still there. You know, some of people right. are leaving every week. Uh-huh. And it was just kind of, it was weird because for how good the team was, you wouldn't have like thought it because we were just like normal, like dudes. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we were staying up till three, four in the morning, like showing up to the field at noon, just doing what everyone else does. Right. We just had a lot of good luck. Mm-hmm. It was really good, simple summer.
0: Sure, I mean that makes sense. So, 2015 championship, and so here's another point that I want to bring up. You talk about a lot of people wanting to go home. You said you wanted to go home, and and as much as people love summer ball, as much as people love the city that they're in, and, and love the game, um, especially when the city is Bend, Oregon, right? Uh, everybody at some point in the summer thinks, oh, boy, I just want to go home. I miss my family. You know, I miss having time off. So here's something that some of our players saw and agreed with this year. They, they saw some tweet on online. I don't remember where wh- what account tweeted it out was or anything. It, was
1: it the like you meet 35 guys and then you just, like, leave each other?
0: No, it was um, – I was saying the summer ball playoffs should change their structure completely rather than the best team – you know, making the playoffs, it should be the best team gets to go
1: home first. Yeah. How
0: do you, I mean, what do you say to that after
1: winning a championship? I mean, winning the championship is pretty fun, but uh-huh. it's like if you get to the playoffs and you don't win, like the one thing I'm grateful for with my time in Bend, mm-hmm. the one time I went to the playoffs, it ended up getting a ring yeah. from it. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what it would have been like to play in that last game and lose. Right. Because then it's – I literally just wasted two extra weeks. Uh-huh. To not get anything out of it. Yeah. And it's it's not that – like, summer ball is great. Like, being in Bend is amazing, Exactly. Right? But it's one of those things where it's like you see it, and it's just kind of – like, you get all of a week to reset for fall ball. Right. Especially after the playoff run. After the playoff run, like, you go home, you see your family for a couple of days, a couple of your friends, and then it's, well, hey, I'm hopping on a plane going wherever. I saw a tweet today from
0: Sacramento State – First practice for our baseball team, and the West Coast League still has nine regular season games. Plenty of other leagues across the country still have regular season games to play and the playoffs. It's like D1 teams are starting to practice right now.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, and it's right when you show up on campus, and it's kind of just one of those things where it's, like, the break would be nice and all Mm of that, Yeah, but it's just like, getting back in the routine of waking up at five six in the morning going to weights right. going to class right after yep. then you have a three four hour practice depending if your coach is in a good mood or not <laughs> it's kind of it's tough because it's just it's one of those things where it's i mean like every baseball account you'll ever see is called the grind right right which it is i mean it's year round you're throwing year round you get a little break here and there at most places but it's like that fall ball after summer ball is the hardest thing to do because it's, okay, I just spent all this time getting better, but mm-hmm. now I'm just completely burnt out. Yeah. Like, I have not rested. Like, let's make sure that we can get something out of this. Well, and and to a lot of guys, what matters the most to them is
0: the spring with their college. I, I mean, I think probably every single guy that's playing college baseball says – You know, summer ball is great, it gets me better. Fall ball is great, it gets me better. But those games are essentially meaningless,
1: right? Yep. And it's... And that's, like, one of the things that, like, a lot of people get caught into. Is... They essentially... They treat it like, oh, these are meaningless, right? Mm -hmm. So, guys don't get better, they don't grow, they don't see anything happen. Yeah. And essentially you just kind of you have to you have to be able to have like the mental like state of mind to stay Mm -hmm. in it and stay with it so yeah I mean it's all about the grind you got to stay with it
0: um and that's I think kind of the challenge of summer ball so it's really impressive to see a, a team come together and decide hey we're gonna we're gonna embrace this we're gonna get it done we're gonna win the whole thing yeah.
1: so what what kind of was the mentality with with that 2015 team uh, it was just business as usual and like people held each other accountable like i mean if someone had a problem with something it was said okay. it was addressed and it would get fixed type of thing okay and that was one of the biggest things was there wasn't a lot of that it was mm-hmm. pretty everyone wanted to get better every we were all really talented freshmen at the time yeah a couple sophomores and then like just a very young team very young team a couple of older guys but it was like those guys are wanting to free agent sign during the summer Mm -hmm. or be ready to get drafted the next year right so it was super super simple it was all right we're here like when we made the playoffs obviously it was all right we got to win the thing like we're not doing this otherwise right so it was very easy very simple and we had really good coaches to keep us on task of the bigger picture like hey you guys won but did you play your best? Not necessarily. Hmm. And okay. it was always Kevin Koppel, our hitting coach, was always there. And he'd always be like, oh, I'd challenge you to do this. And it was like, it was kind of like, well, he was running out of things to say, it seemed like. Because, okay. like, we would, like, our quality at bats and all the things we charted was, like, through the roof. Like, yeah. It was unbelievable.
0: Koppel's but, uh, now the
1: head coach at George Fox. Yes. Just named that the summer. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, like, so he it'd just be, like, a new challenge. Like, I want to see this tomorrow. Like, I want to see us produce more runs. I want to see the pitchers <laughs> do this. And it's, like, it got to a point where we were clicking on all cylinders. Uh-huh. And so probably the midway point, we were just kind of like, all right, like, this is something, like, special. Like, yeah. we're really good. Uh-huh.
0: Like, I, I want to see you guys outperform yesterday. You you won 20 to nothing, but come on, guys. We can do better, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, that was actually one of the most, like, constructive parts of it. It'd be, like – Like, I had, like, a 180 RA, which is a good summer. But, like, Allen was the pitching coach at the time. And he'd only bring me Allen Embry, the former major league lefty. Yeah. He'd bring me in for, like, like I would have one out guy on first and third. And he'd be like, if you let a guy score, even though they're not your runners, like, you failed. Wow. And so it was kind of seeing that and taking that because it was – it was completely mind blowing. It's like, oh, it's not going against me, right? Right. So, like, why does it matter? But it was like, hey, that's like the aspect of team you got to realize uh-huh. when you're rele- a reliever. He's like, that's what my job was in the major leagues. So mm-hmm. He goes, if I if I would have given up runners when I came in, he goes, I don't have a job, right? So he's like, you got to get good at that. And so that was one of the big takeaways for me. Was it was like little things within the game that we worked on a lot. Okay. So, so you think that 2015
0: season? I mean, it was good on all fronts. You you won the league. And a lot of people improved a lot over mm-hmm. the summer.
1: Yes. Okay,
0: great. So then let's fast forward to 2016 after your season uh, in, in JUCO in the NWAC, yep. right?
1: Um, I mean, how? so
0: were you an incoming freshman
1: that year? No, so I went to Washington State my first year. That's right. Things didn't work out. I wasn't very good there. <laughs> and so, like, the mindset going into that 2015 summer was, holy crap, like, I need to figure this out. I need okay. to find a school to go to. Yeah. And I have to get as good as possible. And it took probably w- until halfway through 2015 to kind of get that confidence back. Like, okay. oh, like, I can do this. Like, I'm good. And 2016, like, being at JUCO was good. And approaching that next season, it was, okay, I'm going to Marshall. Like, I'm back at the Division One level. Like, I want to be in yep. a good conference. But it was, how can we take this to the next level, essentially? Right. Right. And so that's where essentially just waking up, like going to bed on time, like that sort of stuff. Like it helped out because it was, it just got me so routine based. Like I would show up and that 2016 summer was probably the best I pitched in my life. Okay, It was just really simple, really smooth, really easy. And it was just knowing what I needed to work on. Like I had get like, I would, I was at a point where I could pick like, okay, I'm going to work on my change up this game when I go in because I'm not doing as good with it. Like, I didn't have to go with, like, my best stuff. Like, I was dialed into the point where I could kind of work on stuff in the games because mm-hmm. I had a pretty good grip of how the league was and just how it worked.
0: Sure. So, um, the te- So your performance, you said, it was better in 2016 than it was in 2015. But the Elks, I mean, obviously came in with high expectations, but those didn't quite pan out team-wise. Although, started off – crazy i mean one of the first games of the season was a no hitter against the corvallis knights
1: yeah it was chris jackson yeah so chris
0: jackson and logan
1: hatley a combined no hitter yeah we went so opening night i threw we beat them yeah. i believe the next day was and i was starting at the time oh wow i started i had two starts that summer and then our bullpen struggled a little bit so i had to kind of Alan wanted me to go back to that role because we had guys who could start and go six innings. That wasn't an issue. We just needed guys out of the bullpen who kind of understood that whole hold the line, don't okay. let anyone score. Okay. And essentially it went from we had that no-hitter, and we went up to sap and we got, like, walked off, like, three times. Wow. Like, it was, it was terrible. It was awful. Got beat pretty bad in Bellingham. And then we got back to 500, I believe, and it just kind of – we never pulled away from there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was kind of a middling season. Yeah, in in twenty sixteen, coming after after to the title. I mean, what what changed about the mentality? Because you talked about this, you know, this championship mentality, this guys wanting to get better and, and just really be in there for the team. Um, why didn't that continue into twenty sixteen?
1: I think a lot of it has to go come down to talent. Okay. I mean, we didn't, we just didn't have what we had the year before. Sure, the year before we had, I mean. The left side was, I mean, our shortstop's worth $2 million, yeah, right? Yeah. We didn't have that. We didn't have, like, that huge superstar stud. We had really good players, and we were a very competitive team. Sure. It was, and we had a core group of guys that were on the team the year before that were in lesser roles at times but also played a good amount. Yeah. But we just never really got it going and firing in all cylinders because it's really, it's a hard task to do during it the is. summer.
0: To to come together and yeah you said it meet thirty five guys for fifty games and sixty then never games never see each other again never see thing. each other again, I mean yeah this is a team that will exist once mm-hmm. and and it exists on a different state from day to day because you have guys taking trips with their family for one series and and guys hurt and guys going home and replacement guys coming in yep um, and that's just that's just the reality of summer ball right
1: yeah and the re- like in summer ball it's it's the funnest time of the year to play because there's no pressure on you. Right. But it is when you're trying to go win games, and we were trying to repeat, obviously, and mm-hmm. we wanted to. Yeah. There was no sense of not wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of things just didn't go our way at times, and that was really all it came down to. But we had a good – it was a good year. I mean, it's hard to beat Corvallis. They're obviously good. Yeah, Every But year. it was – It was a challenge that year, and it was, but I think that that team was more driven towards getting better every single day. Like other the 2015 team, essentially, it was business as usual. It wasn't like oh, I have some huge pending issue I need to work on. Uh That team the next year, there were guys like oh, like I can't throw this like for a strike. Like I need to get better at this (laughs) type of thing, and so it was more of a developmental year that year. That makes sense. It was really good. It worked out. I mean we had a good summer it didn't end how we wanted to i think we were a couple games out of the playoffs yeah. but ball bounces the right way a couple times a couple calls go our way we would have been in
0: mm-hmm. so that was that was 2016 2017 you're facing an injury yep through the you, you could you couldn't throw in the spring couldn't throw in the spring and you didn't throw in the summer
1: didn't throw in the summer and then I came back in 2018. Well, no, no, no.
0: First, I want to talk about 2017. Okay. Because um Anders, my partner last year, told me that you were DMing him on Twitter all throughout 2017 asking how the Elks were doing through the summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did quite a bit. So, it's quite obvious that you have uh, a lot of love for this town and this team, Um did that stem from just such a good summer in 2015, or, or where does that come from? Why, why were you so attached to what the Elks were doing?
1: I would say it came from 2015. That's, being here saved my baseball career in a lot of ways, because out of high school I was a pretty big recruit, had talk about getting drafted out of high school, obviously went to school, and just had a terrible year at school. Right. Terrible.
0: And, and that, can of, really, that can derail somebody's draft prospects. One bad year can yep. turn the heads of scouts away, right?
1: Yep, and it kind of – it was, okay, I need to find a new school. And Alan, Trey, Kevin Koppel, Jared Norris, the coaches we had that year were mm-hmm. really good about getting me just, like, back on board. It was within the first, like, couple weeks where it's like, okay, like, I want to do this. Like, I want to be really good at it again too because it was, okay, I need to – find a way to survive and stay in college baseball and then it's like oh wait I can do good like and they really planted that in my head that there was that chance that it could still be positive and be good and like you're not out of this it was just one bad year right and so yeah there was a lot of love for this place it <laughs> I care about it a lot love being down here type of thing it's awesome because it I mean it really did it kept me playing the game I love yeah at a level that was something I could do mm-hmm. which was a decently high level
0: that's really cool so it was no question that you're coming back here once you could throw again 2018 last year no question and uh uh so you came back and uh I mean what was the mindset for you for for the team for everybody coming into the season what what were people thinking before the year started
1: it was really just uh well, we didn't have, like, any returners. Like, I was, like, one of, like, two people left from that original team, I think. Yeah. And it was it was weird because, like, you're showing up every day and you're just like, I don't know anyone here anymore. It was a little
0: bit more of a hodgepodge than usual.
1: Yeah. And so my mentality personally was, okay, I got to get a lot better because I just had surgery. I got to get back to where I was. And I never really got all the way back there, but mentally I definitely did. Mm-hmm. And last summer was huge for that because there was, I mean – There were a ton of downs as a team. We lost a lot of games. We sure did. But it was all just a matter of showing up every day, like personally, and just getting your work in, try to help out the younger kids, Mm -hmm. impart any wisdom you have on them, (laughs) and just to try to start taking those steps just individually and trying to bring it together on the field, and it never necessarily worked on the field for us. But. Yeah,
0: 12 wins in a 54-game season. The 12-42 the and 42 record is the losingest one in West Coast League's history. So you went from winning the title, breaking all sorts of records in 2015, to being far and away the worst team in the league and in in some measures the worst team in league history last year in a span of three years. And and you were a part of both of those teams.
1: Yeah. What
0: – I mean, how does that affect your mentality? Like,
1: where, where do you – what's going through your mind at that point? I'd say about halfway through, like, last summer. If it weren't for me being hurt, I would have wanted to go home. Like, if, if I would have wanted – if I didn't know that I needed to get stuff done mm-hmm. – and get better, I would have wanted to leave. And the thing was, like, you look at that team now, that team had a lot of talent on it it last year. It really did. Jay Colton was like an eighth rounder. Yeah. I mean, there was a plethora of talent. It just Mm -hmm. never came together, though, on a consistent basis. It's like, out of those 12 wins, I think one of them was probably against Corvallis at some point. I think we we boat raced them. Just absolutely wiped the floor away with them, and it's like, well, why can't we do this every night? One in five against Corvallis (laughs) with like, a game
0: two win at Genna. Um, and then the Elks won three games on the road all season. Three road games
1: <laughs>
0: out of 27.
1: Oh, well, that's bad.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, at, at some point, it's just like, so what was the feeling in the clubhouse with with a team that just never quite seemed to put it together?
1: It was pretty dead. There was not a lot of energy, and it's—I mean—it's the environment you create. Mm -hmm. So when you're losing, it's hard to—it's hard to show up and be all smiles and happy. Yeah. And so there's definitely a lot more of those, you know, those days that were rough and kind of—you'd have to have those conversations of like, "Okay, guys, we really need to figure it out." That (laughs) happened like once a week, (laughs) and I mean, it never—it never came together. But it was—I think it was a good experience for all of the guys because it was okay like now you know what can't happen (laughs) and i mean it changed how i kind of viewed it because it was like every time i've been down here it's been a breeze it's been really like easy fun going like yeah 2016 we didn't win a ton of games but we were above 500 right but yeah last year was something i don't wish that upon my worst enemy having to go through that much losing yeah
0: yeah um yeah I, i can't imagine I mean, I had to watch a lot of those games, but I didn't have to play in any of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was before your senior season yep. at Marshall. And you pitched this past year. Yep. Threw pretty well for the, the Thundering Herd. Yes. And uh, your name showed up on a couple draft boards. I mean, you were you were solidly in the hunt of somebody that could have gone in, in those uh, 20, 30, 40 rounds.
1: Yes and no. There was, I mean, I have one major advantage, or I did when I played. It's that the height, yep. it's projectable, mm-hmm. but it never was the same. Like I knew last year that I probably wasn't going to play pro ball or anything by any means. But it was just a matter of kind of soaking up like your last year of college ball. Let's okay. win a lot of games. Let's make something out of this, right? Because mm-hmm. it was. I mean, ever since I got hurt, like just physically, it wasn't the same. Like I mean, my routine last summer when I was here. Had to change so much from when I was a freshman. Like when you're a freshman, you can go out, go to a party until 4 a.m., <laughs> get two hours of sleep, show up to the field. Like there was n- like I couldn't do that. Now like, you're an old was, man. Now it's just like yeah, like you wake up, like <laughs> you go to bed at 10, you wake up at 8, and you're just like, oh my gosh, like I'm gassed. <laughs> <laughs> like and. That was kind of one of the weird things because it's like you see all the freshmen going and doing the things that you did for the years before, and you're just like, oh, my gosh, like, I remember those days. It was yeah. fun. Like, but, yeah, time catches up to ya. Mm-hmm.
0: So you. So uh, you, you didn't think you were going to get drafted. You never did? Not last
1: year, no. The okay. one year that I would have, if I didn't get hurt going into my junior season after the year I had here, mm-hmm. I think it would have happened. But it's all one of those things. It just depends how you produce. Yeah how invested you are to showing up every day and doing the little things that people think don't matter but really do. Mm -hmm. What are some of those little things? I don't know, just like how you prep, like making sure like every single rep you take has that intent, like that intent that you want to get better at it, you want it to be really good, not just going through the motions, Mm -hmm. which is really easy to do in baseball because it's so repetitive every single day. I mean, you do the same exact thing at practice. You watch hitters take BP and you throw. Yeah it's really easy to get lost along the way with just those two main things happening. Mm -hmm. So just keeping the right state
0: of mind and making sure that every, everything you do has a purpose. Yep. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you've only been in adult life for a few months now after getting your diploma from Marshall and, um, there's, there's no baseball afterwards, at least not in the playing career.
1: Not coaching-wise, though, Yeah, I work at a facility up in Linwood, ran by Brent Lillabridge, who was a nine-year big leaguer. Yep.
0: I recognize the name.
1: And so, I just give lessons there, and then I'm coaching at Shoreline, where I went to Juco at in the NWAC. Nice. So, that'll be, it'll be, it's different kind of being on the other side of the lines, because it's now, I'm sending out groupies to <laughs> 40 guys saying, gotta be ready by this date, this <laughs> needs to happen. And the same thing, like when I wouldn't respond when I was a player. Like now, I'm, <laughs> now I'm getting frustrated by it, just right. like the coaches I've had. You're an old man. And so it's it's interesting because it's like you know you wake up early. It's like you try calling someone on your team. Oh, they're asleep. Well, it's it's noon now. Like Bus hey, is give asleep, me a though. call back.
0: Yeah, come on. Um, so, I so what's the goal now? Is it, you're trying to climb the coaching ranks and uh, be a head coach at a D1 program someday?
1: 100%. And All hopefully right. I like it enough to keep doing that. If not, I'll have to find something else I'm passionate about. But it's – re- I am really like being around the game. So mm-hmm. the goal would obviously be to get to that Division One level, like at a high level, and be able to see that type of talent on a day-to-day basis. So it'll be tough because now it's it's junior college level in the NWAC. So it'll be – it's more of a learning curve for those guys, more teaching, not just kind of going out and executing. It's mm-hmm. how do we get to the point where they can execute. Yeah.
0: It's a it's a very um very development focused system, right?
1: Yep. Alright. And it's not based really around results like in the fall, like at in Division One programs when it's fall ball, they wanna see results. Yeah. They wanna see results all the time. Uh-huh. In JUCO for the fall, it's let's get better. Sure. So hopefully you kind of can take it step by step and get these guys to a point where when the season comes around it's easy for them to go out and play the game they love at a high level Mm -hmm.
0: and the thing that i've heard about uh juco from there's a lot of people on this elks teams um that are juco guys this year last year i mean Mm -hmm. a lot of years and and that's partially because uh joe dominic the head coach for the elks this year did a lot of the recruiting and just pulled guys that he knew from his time at a couple schools in um arizona yep uh, central arizona college and gateway um, where he coached down there. Uh, but but the the thing that I've heard about Juco guys from the Juco guys is they feel that the mentality is different. They, they feel like they get the grind
1: more. Yes, and I would – I'll say this. There's a whole – like, out of high school, I would have never gone to a Juco. Never crossed my mind, right? But after you do it, you realize, like, these guys are dirtbags. They're, like, not the scum of the earth, but, like, the way you have to go about it you have to be like ferocious you have to be ready to chop someone's head off Uh like that's how you have to go out each day because no matter what juco you go at go to the goal is to get out of the juco so how (laughs) are you going to get out of there you're going to work your ass off Uh and the only way to do it is go about it that way like when i was at juco me and my friend david becker who played for yakima valley he went to wazoo with me got cut we both went in together and it was like I don't know how many times we'd have to run, like, they call it a bow and arrow, jogging out Uh there, sprint across. Yep. And me and him weren't necessarily the most athletic guys, (laughs) but everyone else is tired. They're complaining, right? They want to go home. They want to do whatever they have to do, go hang out with girls. So, like, we made a point of it, like, no one's going to outwork us, so we would just gas everyone, like, in conditioning when we do, like, punishment running, Mm -hmm. and it would just be, it was to kind of, like, prove a point, like, we want to leave. And if you guys want to leave, like, you've got to do this. Wow. And some guys never really got the message, but it's <laughs> it's a much different environment because JUCO, the purpose is to get out when you're at the Division One programs. Mm. It's, I'm content where I'm at. Like, you don't want to leave. exactly. So, D1, D1, it's pretty easy to get lost, like, kind of in the, kind of get lost just along the way because it's, it's all routine-based. Hyper-focused
0: on going to Omaha. Yep. Right? Um, okay. So now that you're on the other side of the JUCO, the coaching side, how do you kind of get the players to buy into the same sort of message that you yourself bought into?
1: Just kind of hope that they that they want to do things that aren't necessarily common. Like the idea of you should never be satisfied where you're at. Mm-hmm. And if you go about each day like that, you guys will be able to come together and achieve really great things like if we go to Longview Washington for the NWAC tournament Mm -hmm. everyone's going to have a school to play at because that's how bought in you are and it means you're playing well if you're in the NWAC tournament if you're one of the top eight that's really good so it's kind of trying to get guys to see like if you can do that you're going to achieve everything you want past this community college route Mm -hmm. and so like we didn't get the pleasure of going to Longview and being a part of the tournament when I was there so it was like, I had to do, like, extra stuff, like, to really try to get out there. And, like, I mean, like, coaches would come to, like, games and be, like, we would have – who even, like – we couldn't we, we we were so bad when I was at Juco. <laughs> like, they'd leave after an inning <laughs> oh. and, like, be like, well, like, you didn't even, like, see me throw. Like, yeah. what's going on? And it's like, well, I just couldn't watch that game. <laughs> and it's like, well, <laughs> oh I, I understand it. But it's one of those things of making sure, like – every single day like they just grind it out they're ready to they hold each other accountable because it's it comes from the players there's only so much you can say as a coach Mm. the players need to hold one another accountable they can't be messing around doing dumb stuff they need to be ready for practice that day show up and just get ready to absolutely get after it
0: all right well thanks so much sam for joining me on the podcast been an absolute pleasure of course it's fun
1: glad to be back (laughs) all right thanks